What is the purpose of life? This question has plagued humanity for centuries. This is a question the world over, in philosophical circles, spiritual circles, and cultural circles. The first thing that we're concerned with when it comes to what is the purpose of life, including our own individual life, is, is it a random accident? Or is there some purpose for why I am here? And therefore, some intrinsic value to life itself, and potentially my life. Because this is such a question within the minds of mankind, I'm going to answer this question for you today. I'm going to explain what the purpose of life is, what the inherent value in life itself and your individual life is. Basically, I'm going to make a case for physical incarnation. Before I launch into this, I need to put a tiny disclaimer here. I'm going to be using language to communicate this to you, the English language, which is designed specifically as a part of your physical time-space reality. The picture of the why of life transcends that particular dimension. So I'm going to be using the language of one dimension to try to explain the realities of a dimension that supersedes that dimension, which inherently means that the language will be limited. Also, strap on your mental seatbelts. From a more objective perspective, life is something that transcends the physical. What a scientist may look at and call alive is painfully limited because of the definition that your physical scientist would use for what is alive and what is not. Many things that a scientist today would consider not alive are in fact completely alive, even if they are inanimate. Also, there is life going on outside of this physical embodiment. All kinds of life occurring in different dimensional realities, separate from the one that you are currently focused in now. Consciousness imbues everything in existence. From an objective perspective, life is the experience of being able to perceive and be able to create thought. Therefore, anything that can perceive or create thought is alive. And it is important to understand that the brain is not the originator of thought. The brain is, in and of itself, a specific thought that manifested in the physical dimension. But because the understanding of this level of reality becomes so incredibly difficult and complicated to comprehend, <laughs> let's focus on the why of your physical human life incarnation. Collective consciousness is also called Source, also called God, also called Allah, also called... I mean, we have so many words for this. For the sake of continuity throughout this video, I'm going to be referring to collective consciousness as Source. Source is in the process of becoming self-aware. When the concept I arose within Source Consciousness, it created an event that is so much infinitely larger than the Big Bang you could not even imagine it. The second that the thought arose within Source Consciousness, I, suddenly it created boundaries where boundaries did not exist it created the illusion that there was something else to be in relationship to, and this was the moment that Source felt alone. After all, you cannot think the thought I without simultaneously giving rise to the concept of other at the very same time. 
but for Source, because it is all there is. There is nothing to be in relationship with. Source began to fragment itself in order to have something to be in relationship with. It split into parts like a mosaic. Source is now aware that this loneliness is really only the byproduct of the thought, I, which it also sees as an illusion. Source is also aware that the separation that it perceives is only the result of the fragmentation that took place within itself, which is why at this current moment, Source is interested in coming back to a state of oneness. But the initial curiosity that arose within it, what am I, is still being served by this process of fragmentation and the coming back to oneness. By the energy of Source splitting into these different thoughts and each differing thought projecting forth new differing thoughts, Source learned more and more about itself. Each new thought is a new drawing forth from potential energy. It tells Source more and more about itself. We call this process of continual creation and perception expansion. And it was taking place far, far before the existence of the physical dimension, much less physical life on Earth. I know that when describing this, this makes most physical humans very uncomfortable because people tend to only feel comfort when we believe that Source of what we call God or United Consciousness already knows everything. Unfortunately, the reality that you have to accept is that Source itself has a subconscious mind. It is not perfectly self-aware, and therefore you, in your physical embodiment, are assisting that process of awareness. Each dimension was a creation that was a part of this process of expansion. Each dimension has different laws, and each universe within each dimension operates according to different laws. These different laws were created to enhance this process of expansion and of self-awareness within Source. The concept of something being reflected back to you is a concept that was created far before a physical mirror was ever created or brought into existence. It is this concept that formed one of the primary laws that governs your time-space reality. Many people call this the Law of Attraction. Essentially, whatever thoughts and therefore vibration you hold reflects to you on the outside, and based off of the perceiving of it, that tells you more about what you are wanting. And if you allow yourself to think thoughts and go in the direction of that thing you are wanting, lo and behold, in the Law of Attraction-based universe, it mirrors again. You are in a 360-degree mirror hologram. Physicality in and of itself is another concept that was born within the mind of Source as a better way of perceiving thoughts. Essentially, Source, which you are a fragment of, created this time-space reality of physical existence here on Earth as a giant learning self-awareness construct, and you as a fragment of Source chose to project forth and attune yourself to this specific time-space reality to assist in that process because being a fragment of Source itself, doing so not only serves your personal expansion, but also Source's. I have found that perhaps the best way of explaining this concept to a person despite the fact that this example has many flaws that can be picked apart, is to imagine that you are a god that knows that everything in existence is you. So in order for it to be there, you had to draw from yourself to create it. Now imagine yourself as this god sitting down on a couch, and you have a video game in front of you. You are aware that you are the one that created this video game, the same way you create everything in existence, by drawing from your own energy to build the construct of that game world. Now, what you're going to do is to create an avatar within that game that you already created. 
when you create this avatar, you are also going to project forth your consciousness into this avatar, and so you are no longer one point of perspective, you are two points of perspective. You are the you sitting on the couch at the same time as the you that is quite literally in that video game. Essentially, you are the God self, and you are also John or Nancy or whatever you call yourself by. This avatar must participate in the very laws that govern the game, and there are important and valuable reasons for those laws to exist. The aim is to experience this video game world through this individual perspective so as to allow the contrasting experiences that are a part of it to give rise to new desires and therefore new thought and therefore new things to fully perceive. Do you feel like you can fully understand some things or understand someone until you walk in their shoes? No? Source agrees. <laughs> Which is why it plans to step into the individual perspective of anything that could possibly be created from its infinite potential energy. And guess what? Perceiving in the physical dimension is as intense as it gets. Your physical time-space reality is literally the cutting edge of perception. The cutting edge of projecting forth of thoughts. It is the cutting edge of expansion. Why? Because in this time-space reality, Source can see, hear, feel, taste, and touch itself. This is also a consensus reality. What that means is, in this time-space reality, part of the law that you agreed to before coming here is that this would be a co-creation with all other things in existence here. Consensus realities tell Source a great deal more than individual reality constructs do. One reason is, it's a completely different experience to be in the perspective of an avatar than it is to be another avatar observing the first avatar. You learn much more from the inside and the outside. Another reason, believe me there are many, this could be a book in and of itself, another reason that a consensus reality construct creates so much expansion is because out of a consensus reality, you find consensus which means that you find overarching truths arising from the consciousness of the collective that is participating in that consensus reality. There is always, without exception, a very important reason why Source itself decides to project forth into this avatar that you call by your name. You could call this your life purpose. Using our example, because of this initial intention for coming into this game, each incarnation that comes into this construct is enhancing the game itself. But this intention is within you. You were created in its image. Your entire emotional guidance system is created in its image. Therefore, your purpose cannot be separate from your joy. Following what feels good will lead you into alignment with your purpose for being in this construct to begin with. This is why so many teachers who are aware of this dynamic teach people to follow their joy. More than that, many teach that the purpose of life is joy. Every being has a different perspective and therefore has a different experience of life which is why the couch has a different perspective of being kicked than the dog. This different experience creates different and new thoughts, and this is one reason why each being, whether it is human or not, has such a valuable place within the picture of the universe at large. You come into a different perspective, incarnation, in order to extract all possible awareness from that specific existence. And it is the amalgamation of all of these subjective perspectives that adds up to universal objective perspective, universal awareness. 
This means that the ultimate purpose of life is the process of self-awareness within Source, which you are a fragment of, and this process of Source becoming self-aware is being actualized through the process of expansion, and the process of expansion is being served incredibly by this physical human existence in the time-space reality that you call life on Earth. You could call this the more practical purpose of life. There is also a less practical purpose of life, and that's life. To understand this element of the purpose of life, you have to ask a surfer why he surfs. You have to ask a traveler why he travels. You have to ask a chef why they love to cook. You have to ask a child why it climbs a tree. In other words, it is the process of the doing of it in and of itself, rather than the doing of it for some secondary aim. It is for the intensity of the experience of projecting forth into this specific dimension, so as to have this specific experience. It is to experience more, to know more, to project forth more thought and more desire, to see those thoughts and desires come to fruition and manifest in the physical, and when those new things manifest, to know that you are standing in a new perspective, which in and of itself creates more and different thoughts, desires, and manifestations. To be able to touch and taste and smell and feel and hear those manifestations, this means that an element of the purpose of life is the thrill of it. Physical existence is one hell of an adventure. This is where the action is, which is why so many other non-physical perspectives are focused on physical life on Earth. If you can accept that it is an adventure and consciously choose that adventure, then it matters less whether your experience here is good or bad, because it is all valuable. There is an undeniable intensity to physicality, both positive and negative. There is nothing like physical life on Earth. This is where you can touch your lover's skin. This is where you can feel absence. This is where you can experience an ending and a beginning. This is where you can taste flavors that evoke tears and hear sounds that stir the soul within the body. To sort through the incredible contrast of this time-space reality and to feel the strength of the desires that are born from that process and to follow those desires so as to see the tangible manifestation of your desire through all the senses is a sweeter actualization than you can currently find anywhere. It is a much more powerful actualization. When we experience something like isolation, this gives rise to the desire to create something like togetherness and to actualize this into the physical. And guess what? Until we are able to do this, it will read something like unfinished business. When you die, unfinished business relative to the things that your life experienced caused you to want to manifest and experience compels you back to life. This next thing I need to say, I need to say to you is if you are aware that you are the same as Source. You're a fragment of Source and therefore indivisible from it. Therefore, I have to talk in the context of we instead of I. We understand that we are an ocean of potential energy. We want to see all things that can possibly manifest out of that potential energy. We want to see and hear and feel and taste and touch them. It is completely understandable if you come into this time-space reality and you experience yourself as suffering that you would second-guess why you came here in the first place, or whether it was worth it. Especially if you have forgotten that it was a conscious choice you made to come here. But reconnecting with the purpose for life and the big picture of things, and knowing that you were meant to come here for the adventure and richness of the experience of this time-space thought construct, can help you to reconnect with the commitment and curiosity that you initially came into this life with. There is no middle ground when it comes to life. You can't come to life and be kind of committed to life. 
in order to make anything of this, in order to manifest anything at all, you have to be completely committed to life itself. Many people have a conditional relationship with life. It's understandable why. But let me tell you something. You did not have a conditional relationship to life or conditional expectations when you came here. You did not come here to suffer. You came here to have an adventure, knowing that the path of the specific adventure that you decided to walk down will create your own expansion and create expansion within the universe at large. You knew that you would be able to do this by following your unique and specific passion. You came prepared to chase your joy to the ends of the earth, knowing that not everything you encountered here would feel good. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. What about life makes it worth it to go through the unwanted, negative, or painful things? How might life be good, even when life is shitty? What would it take for you to let go of the conditional relationship that you have with life? What is making you push against life? What is the value in life in and of itself? And what do you value about your physical life? Make a list. One thing that I want you to remember is that physical life is a manifestation of both positive and negative. Nothing is all good or all bad because both polarities innately exist in all things. Because these polarities exist within all things, we call this contrast. This means there is a negative in all positive things. This also means there is a positive in every negative thing. For example, loss of job security may bring you more personal freedom than you ever had before. But it goes further. There's a positive and negative inherent in personal freedom, too. People take life for granted, and it makes sense. After all, people often only value the genuine taste of food when they're starving. <laughs> people only value the intensity of emotions when they're numb. But I want you to seriously imagine what would happen if all there was to physical life was positive, if all there was was good. What would be negative inherent in that? Don't become closed off to experience in and of itself. Change the way you're thinking about the experiences you're having. Becoming closed off to experience, assigning painful meaning to experiences, and perceiving yourself to be powerless to create change so as to get to your preferred experience is what creates suffering here. It's why people make an enemy of experience itself. Pain is a part of life, but pain has a positive side. Pain is your indication that you need to change something. If you don't make a change when pain appears to tell you to make a change, you will suffer. But imagine life with no pain. No new desire would ever be created. There would be no expansion. There would be no movement. The beauty of your physical experience is that you can change what you experience in your physical life. This means never accept that the way it is must stay the way it is or is even meant to stay the way it is. Find the can in any experience that you're wanting. You are meant to experience the manifestation of what it is that you desire because by doing so, you create expansion, which is what is currently serving the universe at large. It does not serve this universe for you to be stuck. If you're stuck, so is the universe. Another way of saying this is, you can change your adventure. But to change your adventure, you must be willing to change. To understand more about why people don't change, it may benefit you to watch my video titled The Real Reason Why People Don't Change. 
You must be willing to see that life is an adventure and that no one is getting out of it alive. Life did not happen to you. No one ends up here without choosing it. Luck or curse has got nothing to do with it. The people who sink into habit and who do not change and who wait for this life to happen to them rather than actively happen to life will simply arrive at death safely. There is a value inherent in death, otherwise it would not exist. But I can tell you that one of the great values inherent in death is that it shows you the value of life. Therefore, if you were to decide to stop resisting what you do not want in life and instead took action on what you do want, what would that action be? What adventure would you choose for this life if you could choose any adventure at all? What adventure would you choose if you were brave enough to commit all your thoughts and words and actions in the direction of what you know right now that you want? Don't live for the afterlife. This life is not a test to get through. Start to live this life with a love of the process of life itself, as if this is the place to be. After all, physical life is an unfinished project. And the most exciting thing is to see how it will all turn out. Have a good weekend.